sisters, like for those of you who have been, you know, abused as a child and you wonder, like, how can I go on with life, <laughs> right? Through Jesus, that's how. And it's worth it. I promise you that. There is there is fruit and there, there is value in choosing yeah. to move forward. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Raised and Redeemed podcast and YouTube channel. I'm your host, Michaela Nikolenko, and I started this show after finally finding my home in Christ. I grew up in a home with lots of abuse and addiction where Christianity became something that repelled me. I spent my early adulthood seeking God in other religions, tarot cards, psychedelics, and even myself. I didn't realize how much hell I had pulled up into my life until I came face to face with the dark side of the spirit world and Jesus fought hard to save me. Now I live to serve his will and host a platform where others can share their story too. If you're looking for a show that talks about real things and provides encouragement for those who have been to the dark side and back, this is the show for you. Make sure to rate, subscribe, and share this show with anyone that you feel might be encouraged by it too. Quick disclaimer, what we can agree on here is that we love Jesus and he is our Lord and Savior. I don't filter what my guests say, so there will most likely be something along the way that you don't agree with, and that's okay. I highly recommend spending time researching and praying about anything that gets said that might trouble you. With all that said, thank you so much for joining me, and welcome to the Raised and Redeemed family. Hey you guys, today we're talking to our sister in Christ, Hannah Manon, otherwise known as Mustard Seed Hannah. Hannah's story isn't quite like any other story I've ever heard before, and that might be the same for you too. She grew up in a home with high-level occultists and speaks a lot about the programming she experienced that would later result in her being sold and trafficked. After a lifetime of this abuse and coming in and out of different New Age cults, she finally gave Jesus a chance and he quickly freed her from both the spiritual and very real earthly oppression too. Hannah now has a new life in Christ where she is finally safe, loved, and using the pain of her story to encourage others that Jesus is willing and capable of saving them too. Without further ado, let's get on to the show. Well, good afternoon, Hannah. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Uh, For those who are on the Christian TikTok platforms, today we're talking to at Mustard Seed Hannah. So thank you for being with us. Hey everyone. Super happy to be here. Like elated. Um I'm really happy if y'all know my channel. If if you don't, come check it out. Like there's lots of love there. A lot of information for you. And God bless Sister Michaela here. She is she's just such a gentle spirit. I literally feel like I'm hanging out with my BFF <laughs> here. And I'm like, this is the first time I've ever like seen her face in person. Well, in person, Aww. on video. But you get me. Um so Aww, thank you so much. Thank, yeah, of course, girl, of course. Please uh, let me know if I ever, like, step over your words. And, like, I talk a lot. And, like, you, yeah. So please Perfect. feel free to be like, Hannah, you be talking too much. Like, just tell me. No, that's why I have you here today, because you have so much wisdom. Actually, um, I was just telling my husband today, I'm like, she's who I follow that, like, helps me be a better wife and treat you better. Uh-huh. You have so much content about, like, how to be a good wife, but you also share a lot about your testimony, um, being saved from being a light worker, uh, growing up in in a cult, coming back into another cult. Um, I know you were either trafficked or almost trafficked. Trafficked, yeah. 
Okay, so um, yeah, I'm hoping to just hear all about that today. If you would go back, starting with with childhood. Okay, starting with childhood. Woo, here we go. <clears throat> so, my parents were separated um, the entire time I knew them from birth, and but let me give you a little bit of backstory on them, um, because. Okay, my dad was in the military, and you never really leave the military, at least at least most of the time, and my dad ended up being black ops, and he, he came from a military family as well that also did black ops and was just very esoteric in nature, mm-hmm. and um, essentially, he was what I would refer to as a man who stared at goats. Um, which is a film that's it's an optimistic, you know, portrayal of the shamanism and um, training and acid that was administered to the soldiers in Vietnam. And um, my dad was also heavily exposed to so many things that are prevalent to um, mind control and basically uh just you know psychic soldiers that that kind of thing um that he he was not in his right mind when he had me right (laughs) um and well i mean like i don't want to say that outright but he was a very heavily practicing occultist as well as my mother and um my mother comes from a very old family um that i i feel like People wouldn't recognize them, but people in their people in my family's own circle recognize them. So um, they're well known for publishing and editing and that kind of thing. Um, and my mom was a she worked in publishing and she was a theosophist. So my father was essentially a Rosicrucian man who stared at goats, um, Vietnam vet, and my mom was a theosophical editor publisher. Can you explain and, what those two different um, things are, the Rosicrucianist and the Theosophist? Oh, yeah. Okay. They're very, they're very similar. It's just like two different brands. It would be like um, the Rosicrucianism would be like a very clean, clean cut man's barbershop version of esotericism, um, of like, of the mysticism of like, uh, Kabbalah and um Hinduism and like you know the chakras etc like um but the Rosicrucian concept is going to come off as more Christian because it's going it's going to be filtered through um someone named Jakob Boehm who taught the Christian version of theosophy but we all know that that's not a thing there's no such thing as a Christian version of theosophy so um, it's just occultism. It's just mysticism. I only ask you to explain these things, too, because, like, you are so articulate with a lot of these terms um, in this side of the world that I'm not super familiar with. And I'm sure, like, many of the listeners don't know exactly what these things okay. either. So I appreciate you breaking it down for us, going back yeah, to, no problem. to that, that milk that we were talking about. <laughs> oh, true word. Oh, OK. Yeah. Thank you. Um. So yeah, essentially my parents practiced mysticism of the East that gets that's been filtered through all different kinds of um elitist authors and leaders and 
influencers throughout time in their own words. Like for instance, um, this is, this is a weird spinoff I'm going on here, but I'm sure a lot of you gals watching this have seen Pretty Little Liars. Mm-hmm. Pretty Little Liars is a show about something called monarch programming. Monarch programming is an esoteric, which means hidden, um, under the surface practice that is based in the occult, but has been, it has been refined on a military level, hmm. on such a level that it's been integrated into shows like Pretty Little Liars. So if you pay really close attention to that show, there's a scene where Arya is holding a book and it says Brave New World. Okay. Brave New World was written by a man named Aldous Huxley. Aldous Huxley is an occultist. Aldous Huxley is so heavily ingrained and um, just embedded in the occult that it was a it was a, a hat tip in the show to it was a meta hat tip to itself. Yeah. You know, the narcissistic spirit of Satan tipping itself in, in, you know, in the black mirror. Um, so yeah, yeah, essentially we are constantly being bombarded with occultism and that is what I am born from, you know, and was born in. And a lot of people, yes, we're all born in sin, but I was born, uh, with it as my first language. Like I was born with like raised to practice it specifically. Um, you mentioned the Kabbalah. Yeah. What, What exactly is the Kabbalah? The Kabbalah is, uh, Jewish mysticism. Um, the, it like, it's, it's basically the occult version of, okay, how do I put this? The Kabbalah is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Mm. Um, you eat of it, you shall surely die. And, um, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, and there's a part in Revelation which describes, you know, the Jews that say they're Jews but aren't really Jews, but are in fact of the synagogue of Satan. And unfortunately, that that is my family. That is what they practiced. They practiced, you know, Kabbalah, which is the same that correlates to the Star of David, right? Um, which is the Seal of Solomon, and the Seal of Solomon isn't actually like a thing. It's that's that goes back to masonry. Um, so if anybody comes out comes at you and says, "Oh, like that's the seal of Solomon," you can say that's masonry, son. And he's just okay. Turned. So is the Kabbalah uh, like? There's some scripture. Is it based on scripture, but like a esoteric interpretation? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying that. I forget to point that out. That um, essentially, Satan will take sound scripture and twist it because um he is jealous of god and think of i don't i don't remember exactly what he said but he quoted he tried to quote psalm 91 to jesus when he was on the mountain and he wasn't able to do it so you're you're no matter what going to be able to look at um satan's words and hold it up to true scripture which is backed by the spirit the holy spirit Mm-hmm. And you can compare the two. So even if, you know, Michaela or I are not here to help you and be like, hey, like this is bad theology or that's bad theology. All you have to do as a Christian, even as a little baby Christian is say, is this what my father wants? Like you can you can even just bring it to Jesus and be like, hey, Jesus, 
I found this. Yeah. I'm not sure about it. Will you tell me? And he literally will. That's good. Yeah. I learned everything I learned from, like, I learned from Jesus because I, because of my illness, um, God really has used it for the good of his will. Like, I have lupus and I truly consider it the thorn in my side to Mm. keep me humble and to keep me studious. Um, And uh, because of all the stillness that lupus demands, Uh. I have spent a lot of time with Jesus because there are times when my lupus will leave me isolated where no one else can understand me. And it's, it's like literally no one. And there's a part in the Bible where he's, you know, he says like, don't put anyone before me. Like even like your kids or even your husband, like you have to love me more. Like I'd rather you hate them and love me than if you like love them more than you love me. That's what God says, you know? So God really does humble me and is like, no, you're going to put me first. Um, no matter what. And he does that through my, my lupus. And, um, I'm grateful because I have, I have sought the Lord and been like, take this from me. And he's no, that explains so much because yeah, you, like I said, you're very articulate on these topics and you know so much. And so, yeah, that's why I am really glad to, to talk to you. And I just, I prayed a lot before this episode that God would help me just to know the right questions to even ask. Um, and so, yeah, so I'm going to, I'm going to continue to try to do that, but I'm definitely not as educated on it as, as you are. So beginner understanding, you know, so is there, is there a actual book called the Kabbalah? Yes. And it involves something called the Sephirot tree. Um, like if you look up the Kabbalah, you will, you will be given, you, you will find a book and you will find the teachings of Kabbalah and okay. um, <clears throat> and also the book of Enoch is Kabbalah as well. A lot it's of in there. Think, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, and the Apocrypha is Kabbalah and you really have to hold up scripture um, like hold up what you're what you have to scripture. Um, so Kabbalah will consist of things that are also similar to Hindu ideology and the, that pantheon and the things involved in third eye mysticism, mm-hmm. right? The new age. Um, the Gnostic <laughs> gospels are in there. Yes. Yes. The Gnostic gospels are basically Kabbalah, but, but calling itself Christian. Hey, you guys, if you're in a relationship and trying to figure out if he's the one, Or maybe you're recently single and taking a step back to figure out how to best go about finding the one. I have the ebook for you. Head over to the link in my bio or in the comment section from wherever you're listening to find my latest ebook, How to Know If He's the One. In this ebook, I share the worst of my relational mistakes and how Jesus finally showed me there was a better way. Gradually, he began to mend my heart, and I know he will do the same for you too. So your family, your mom and dad, would they read the Kabbalah? Like this was like practiced in the home or what was that childhood sort of like growing up w- under that belief system? It, uh, part of Kabbalah and masonry involves um, mercy and severity. 
Um, so you go through polar extremes repeatedly and it encourages the split mind that um, I was intentionally given uh, through ritual abuse at a, as a young child, but then you're put through even more. Um, and uh, basically the practice of Kabbalah in my home involved um in a lot of people's homes it just will seem like ooh i'm a naturopath i'm a mystic i'm you know that kind of thing it won't seem as harsh okay but the deep deep roots of kabbalah truly if you really spend time in kabbalah um the practice of it leads to hedonism or it also or it leads to it leads to so every facet of idol worship you could practice because it encourages self ascension. It encourages, uh, basically, your works would get would get you to heaven in the Kabbalah. That's and the same thing is suggested in Gnosticism um, mm. is that you can ascend to godhood. Or you know, ascended master, or the the next dimension, um, your crystal body. Uh, if you dot dot dot, if you yeah. do this task, if you perform this sacred task, this if you you know that kind of thing. That whole concept is so deeply Luciferian that it really does take having the scales come off your eyes and standing back and looking at it and you can see it for what it is so what 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 I went through on a daily basis a regular day for me looked like being taught um that being taught Kabbalah being taught uh the new age the concepts of the new age that um reality was malleable that I I was, I could control things. I was being, I was also being taught to manipulate. I was essentially an, an emissary for Satan, so to speak. Um, because I was, I was like a little, Kabbalah involves like ranking and ascension and like the, you know, Jacob's ladder. Like you have to, you have to put in all this human yeah. effort. Um, right, right. And it's interesting having like talked to, I have an ex-Mormon that was on the show and she kind of explained the process of Mormonism being similar to that. Like there really is. Yeah. There, there being different levels, you know, this work-based salvation. I know certain Jews that believe in this, um, that everybody goes to heaven, but there's different levels of heaven that you can get to based on your works and you can get closer to God head essentially. And it's the same thing in Hinduism, you yeah. know, this is a pattern you're picking up on it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, so in my house, like something that's really uh, like a facet of my house that I went through is that uh, there's this book by Chuck Palahniuk and Chuck Palahniuk is a Luciferian. He is the man who wrote fight club. Um, I'm very familiar with all of his work. It was encouraged and given to me in all of my programming by my handlers, etc. But nonetheless, there's a book called Damned. And it's about a little girl being raised by parents very similar to mine, except um, her parents seem slightly more loving. Mm -hmm. um, and 
she goes to hell and she ends up praying to satan and all this stuff and it's and she wears sensible shoes and she's got a vocabulary beyond her years and she interacts with all these demons and she has these quippy conversations with demons and she meets essentially like you know chuck polinick's version of the breakfast club and um it's it's all chaotic and the whole reason that she is the way she is is she's forced to grow up too early like you know like you shared with me that you were forced to grow up too early that's that is a facet of monarch programming Mm. is the stealing of the childhood Mm. because that is so essential at like I was telling my husband, like, every single day of a child's life, you know, because I've nannied so much, like, every single day, that's their life. Like, to you, it's just a Tuesday. Like, yes, it's our life, but to, to us, it's just a Tuesday. You know, like, life is a lot more monotonous. But no, like, for them, those whole core memory things, that's a that's a real thing. That's yeah. a real thing. So everything you pour into your child will spill out later on. Wow. And, um... And, you know, that's, that really happened to me in, and you can see it in other children, like when we get exposed to things too early, when we're forced to grow up, um, I've seen like an account on TikTok where this, this, this lady, this girl that I pray for all the time, like this woman, I should say, she dresses up as like a very, very little girl and, um, you know, and says it's how she copes. And she's like, this is, I'm traumatized. So that's why I do this. And, um, so like even further, like, uh, you know, elder Christian women who hear this, like, um, take, take pride in growing up, like growing up is worth it. Growing up in Christ is, is the goal. It is worth it. It's not, it's nothing to be ashamed of. Like aging, aging up and growing into an older woman as a Christian is a blessing because you truly become a fountain for others in a way that you wouldn't ever have expected. Yeah. So so then, yeah. your childhood was like okay. So you had to grow up really. Chaotic. You were taught yeah. Yeah, taught these like you know chaotic teachings, but was there any kind of like abuse, or it was mostly yeah. like spiritual or? Okay. We will. I'll I'll tell you. It it was my mom had something called dissociative identity disorder, and it was caused by um, her monarch programming because she too was trafficked in New York and um her forgive me if I like stumble a little bit I don't actually discuss this but I know I'm supposed to um basically her dad uh put her through what I went through and um because of my mom's DID uh she what happened to her happened to me monsters become monsters that's That's what this is. That's what monarch programming is about. That's why if you take in Cardi B, you are going to be like Cardi B and you're going to possibly in and like, I don't know if any or like if you take in all these people, you're going to be like them and they do give their their spiritual energy to Satan. So what yeah. was done to me um, was I was put through a lot of a lot of like actual regimented abuse the same way my mom was which means I was like locked in a box for certain amounts of times you know uh denied food denied light um denied the ability to move uh denied um I was sexually abused a lot and an extremely important core of that like my mom used to make the joke that she's a she was a closet Disney fan a closet Disney fan Disney is inherently a pedophilic 
material, like anything that comes out of Disney is going to be stained with um, programming. And they actually joked about it once in a Adams Family movie where they like locked up the kids and made them just watch Disney movies. And um, I definitely see that. Yeah. And also, if you're if your mom ever jokes about selling you on the black market, like, and like, it's like the '90s, and like, it's not really a thing to joke about it yet. Like, but it's it's a joke to her, and it's a joke to her friends, <laughs> her rich hippie friends. She's not joking. You're mm-hmm. probably just associated and don't really get what your mom's talking about. Like, essentially, that's what happened. I was the scariest part of modern programming is on the outside. The adults can make it look so um, perfect and acceptable and neat. And they all smile at each other and they smile at you while they do these horrific things. Mm. And um, that's why Luciferianism is so scary is because it can appear so beautiful. But um, like it's literally like that movie Get Out. It's like on the inside. You're suffering. You're yeah. suffering. You're screaming. And um, you sometimes you don't even know why. So just like as a child. Uh, and the, the thing is, I got DID as a child from what happened to me. So I basically went through my life with DID until Jesus was like, no, wow. <laughs> you, like you are integrated now. Like you don't have to be split. We're setting the stage here. I'm getting a better visual of like what this means. Like, especially when you said like rich hippie parents, you know, smiling on the outside, but like deep in the shadows, this was not actually like the happy-go-lucky front that um, it portrayed itself to be. Um, So, okay. And then you also said something about how, you know, you had this, um, like split identity disorder as well until later on Jesus redeemed you from that and made you a whole person. Um, can you like sort of lead us? Cause I know you ended up in Sedona. Okay. Right. Yeah. So lead um, us through that. Like when did you leave home? How did that sort of look like? Okay. So I ran away from my mom when I was like 15 years old. I, I was either 14 or 15. I can't remember. But it was really crazy. It was really chaotic and crazy. I couldn't believe I did it. I was like dissociated, so dissociated. And um, I was wearing my favorite Slipknot shirt and I tore it jumping a fence. And I ran away from my mom and that was a really big, scary thing. And my big brother, who is also like part of programming, um, came and got me. And he was like the only person that understood. And everybody was like, how dare you leave your sick mom? And like, cause like she like just looked like this nice old sick lady to people. And like, everybody's like, how dare you leave her? And I like, I, and then eventually the cops were called and, um, a whole investigation was done on her. And my mom, um, basically, uh, like I, like, I didn't know that like so much legal stuff was happening, but like she was trying to get at me and stuff, but my dad was protecting me from this because eventually my dad took me away from my brother and um, my dad put me back into programming his way. Like essentially I like, I was rogue for a little bit. I was like, woo, I'm, I'm a rogue agent. Cause like um, when I was growing up, I was put into modeling. I was put into gymnastics. I was put into piano. You're, you're basically sculpted into this person. Like I was taught how to seduce men. I was like taught all these things as a little girl like I was trained as a little girl to do all this crazy stuff so then I was rogue when I was staying with my brother and then um 
I ran away or I was trying to run away, but then my dad picked me up and, um, and then I stayed with my dad at night. He put me back into basically mysticism, like his form of mysticism. So it was a lot of like Vietnam, um, what the stuff he went through. So I went through what my mom went through and then I went through what my dad went through. So I don't like, I'm still scared of like, like I'm more scared of like the people who were in control of my dad than the people who were in control of my mom. Um, and the people who are in control of my dad, like they still like, they still have power over him. Like my dad's still alive. And like, sometimes my dad seems like he's like sound minded, but other times he comes back from the VA and he's just not. Um, so basically I was put through my dad's version of monarch programming. So it was a lot of, um, Vietnam vet, like, um, counterculture sixties, um, Mm, okay mysticism and we all know the 60s were very very entrenched in like a lot of satanic and luciferian practices um mm. because of like the age of aquarius and all that so and um, they were divorced now at this point right oh yeah oh yeah and okay. my my brother had ran away from both of them and he, basically he basically he went rogue but my brother did go through like really specific, um, traumatizing training by, uh, the family that bought me, um, when I was a little girl, because I was actually bought by a man, um, whose last name, if I told you guys that like immediately, uh, immediately, like you would understand, I can't, I can't say it though, not because I'm protecting that person, but I'm protecting myself. So, um, but like my brother was put through a different kind of training, but he went rogue. I'll get into his stuff later. But I finally went to live with my dad. I ran away from my dad. Um, at when I like when I turned eighteen, I moved moved back in with my brother. Was rogue. Ended up doing a bunch of crazy like monarch program stuff that you see like celebrities do when they're rogue. Um, you know, like shave their head. Okay, you know, that was the first thought that came to my mind. <laughs> like be crazy like I didn't shave my head necessarily but I would do just crazy stuff that like you see stuff in like the magazines where you're like why would why would someone do that like why would they do that you know yeah. and it's because like you're you're literally trying to deal with the fact that like you're being put through suffering but everyone around you is just like yeah you know it's it's crazy yeah. it's madness so um and then I I ran away from my dad and then I lived on my own and then eventually I started working at this grocery store and um, in my hometown where I graduated and like my high school experience was really crazy and everybody like there are people who even knew like don't like if Hannah's mom if you see her protect Hannah like they everybody knew there was just something wrong they couldn't really put their point their finger on it but like they knew I was off <laughs> and but they knew that I like needed help because I was scared and like I kept trying to unalive and um the girl that I was programmed with one of the ways that I like they would try to make me unalive was I would get a call from my mom and they would tell me like stuff about the girl I was programmed with and like I would black out and like I'd wake up in an ambulance and like just crazy stuff so is it then because I ended you, up, you cared about her they would tell you like bad things about her or what was yeah that? they would tell me they would tell me that they were gonna hurt her if like and they would like they really do that and like that's what they did to my mom and that's why like I forgive my mom. I forgive all the people we, who hurt me. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, wickedness, and high places. And that is what possessed all those people in my life to do those things. Um, yeah. So onward to Sedona. I was in and out of Sedona throughout my whole life because it is just an occultic, 
like Mecca for um, Arizonans. And that's, that's where I fell into the new age. I was trying to find myself left Indiana at age 20, went to Arizona. I really believe that Arizona called me. Like, I didn't think I like chose it. I thought Arizona chose me. And that's where I got really into the occult practices. So yeah, my heart breaks is so deeply because I know to this, like in this moment, that there are people who I have taught who like don't they they don't not only do they hate me, but they're practicing like it's fine if they hate me. That's fine. But they're practicing and it's they're, they're hurting. Yeah. Um, but I started modeling because um, I left that small town. But the thing is, the small town that I was in, Camp Verde, a lot of weird stuff happened to me as a barista there. First, I worked in the bakery and then I was like, I don't want to work in the bakery. I want to work. I want to work in the Starbucks area. And then like I met all these people and like Camp Verde, really weird, creepy stuff happens there. Like if you're from there, you know that like weird people get murdered at gas stations. People, people are dismembered and found in body like their body parts are found in uh, like fireplaces like, like every other day yeah. something like that happens um so and i want to ask like, you real quick before we go on yeah and yeah. you don't have to i don't want you to like say who they are or anything but like the fact that i don't want to jump over this because i feel like the whole like everybody was like wait what does she mean when you say that somebody somebody bought you are these the same people that like owned your mom yes because the easiest way I, you know yeah actually because my mom sometimes would seem like she was my handler but like now I understand that someone someone was in charge of her and yes I do think it's the same family um and then when you ran away did they like they they look they they knew where I was like this is the thing they when they buy you they you're an asset and like the whole goal is to keep you dissociated and to not let you know what you do and who you are um, to them. So they will literally let you wander. They will let you be a rogue agent for a little bit. They will let you get apartments, live your own life, get jobs, but they will send people to watch you. And that sounds so crazy. I know it sounds narcissistic and schizophrenic and just crazy. I don't want it to be true, fam. Trust me. I want to be just, just a nice girl, but that's, that's not the case. I'm. <laughs> I feel that when I share my testimony too. I'm like, I'm sorry. It's just, it is what it is. Like I can only tell it what it was. Um, Exactly. So I can't even explain how many people I would meet as a barista at this store. The scariest thing about that was basically they will find a way through various people to corner you back into a place where they can reuse you as an asset. Because you are a product walking around, like I was a product walking around um, with programming that costs a lot of money to download. And I was, I, a lot of money and time was put into me being an asset. Um, so Did they have a goal of you like becoming famous or something? That's, that's the scary part is yes. But if they don't want to use you for fame, you will literally just be like an, you'll be an extremely expensive, like bottle of champagne to a person. Like you'll be the high end level mm-hmm. of what, like, like you won't even be a, a celebrity that's been seen by hundreds of people. Like that's worn through, so to speak. Like you'll, you'll, you're like a, you're like the, the veal of, okay, of the crop. Like where it'd be like, yeah, we just trained this one. Like 
like it's not like it hasn't even been on tour very few people have bought this model is this like, for, for sex purposes yeah I was yeah and that like as a very little girl like a very little girl and like it effed me up so badly and I like sisters like for those of you who have been you know abused as a child and you wonder like how can I go on with life <laughs> right through Jesus that's how and it's worth it I promise you that there is there is fruit and there there is value in choosing yeah. to move forward They literally put me in Sedona and um, I worked at the Sedona Hyatt Starbucks. I'm really like, I'm really putting myself out here. (laughs) And um, a man in a suit would like, and I forgot to tell you the manager at like all these people who played these roles at the store that I worked at before, one of them gave me a box of books and they were all Kabbalah. They were all Jewish mysticism. And it was really weird, but I'm a weird girl. So I'm used to it. Like weird stuff happens to me all the time. Like all my friends knew it. Like I would have to get restraining orders because I would get like people who would just send, give me flowers. Like this isn't me boasting. Like people would just give me flowers. Sometimes people would leave me perfume. Like people would be like, Hey, would you read my book? Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe it's because I'm a nice person, yeah. but um, no, it, I'm, I'm not as nice. I'm not that nice. So like people were just giving me stuff. And it was because I was in the system and I was being checked upon. It's a very Truman show. And um, essentially, yeah. I, I got like, oh, I'm so sorry. No, you're okay. I just, like, I want to just tell you for a second. Like, I have, I have the chills. Like, I've had the chills for like five minutes now because, like, as you're telling this, I, I've been really like trying to understand. And finally, I, I am starting to understand a little bit more. Um, and I think... I think the listeners are too. And and for a while, as you're telling this, I thought that you were talking about more so like wickedness in high places. Like I thought this was like a spiritual contract. I didn't realize this stuff was happening to you in the flesh, like in real life. This was not that the spiritual stuff isn't happening in real life, but it's different to be spiritually oppressed. But then to actually be bought by somebody like in real terms, like literally. They don't see you as a person. They see you literally as a pet. You are a lesser being to them. You are there to benefit them. There's footage that is across the internet I've seen that is so has been scrubbed and re-uploaded. It's scrubbed and re-uploaded. It's such bad quality, but it's these little girl slaves that are cleaning up after, um, either cleaning up prior or cleaning up after and um it's like that you you think you're just being a good little girl and um but you don't know like i you don't know why you can't sleep at night yeah um but yeah so the thing the thing is uh monsters make monsters and that's why this is so powerful and important is that God will intervene, yeah. and he did for me. And um, when I was in Sedona, I was transferred to, and I was modeling the whole time. I was modeling on and off, and I almost worked for this one agency, but they wanted me to lose so much off of my body that I was just like, nope, because, you know, I had already been through food deprivation, etc. cetera. So um, I, yeah, I was modeling on and off, and I started working in Sedona and of course 
all the weird people love me and and uh yeah and this is the man in the suit the man in the suit um he owns a facility in Sedona that I was taken to at nighttime where they would put me in this light machine that um would like it would make you sweat it would make you feel like you like it would make you feel like it was buzzing like it was electrocuting your body from the inside and um they would force me in there for hours and I would just be sweating and like they they strip you down like you you they it's it's really is like V for vendetta they just they just they rip they rip away any um form of like humanity that you have they make you feel like you are not a human mm-hmm. um but other times if when you're dissociated you won't even realize what they've done you'll be on cloud nine because you think you are uh Oh, gosh, I can't even remember her name. Hecate. You'll think you're a goddess because mm. you'll be possessed. So I'm glad that you actually brought that up because, like, this is kind of the way that I'm able to relate to you um, is when I was in the sex work world and I was a dancer and, you know, that led into other things after hours, as I'm sure you can understand. Yes. And I did. I was under the belief system that like I was in the new age at that time. I, I thought that like the goddess in me was thriving and empowered and, and I didn't realize I was letting demons run my life and abuse my body and abuse my soul. Um, and so for me, it's like, I was doing these things to myself per spiritual, demonic, legal contracts that I was leading you. The entities were leading you to do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's what uh, that's the whole por- purpose of monarch programming, and like, and it 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 was effective for you, but then God was like, nope, yeah. <laughs> no programming for you, yeah. you know, because that's that's the thing is like, I uh, my family helped create the concentrated form that pushed you into that, and that's why Arizona was like, come here, you know, and like. Cause yeah, like my, like the demonic energy is a real thing and it is strong. And that's why like Sodom and Gomorrah was such a like disgusting places because if you allow wickedness to fester, it will rot a society, you know? And, um, that's why Luciferianism is so scary is it, it can do it subversively. Like when you get to Sedona, you're like, wow, these red rocks are great. I'm going to pick me up a dirt shirt. You don't realize that it's the underbelly is for trafficking. Like the like tourist towns are about trafficking. Like they have nothing to do. Like yeah, there's money and economy involved, but the underbelly. Like listen, there's an underbelly to society, and that sounds like oh yeah, like mm, infowars underbelly to society. No, let's get real here. Like the fruit of Satan will always be wicked, even if it seems sweet at first. Yes. So in Sedona, I got uh, really really sick from my lupus couldn't work anymore had to figure something out because my roommate was moving out but also my roommate was hardcore jezebelian um like like she i was so gender dysphoric that like people thought i was her boyfriend all the time like i was just her fluffy haired gamer boyfriend even though i was a girl and like people would just be like yeah that's definitely her boyfriend i'd be like no 
I'll freaking kill you if you hurt her. Because yeah. I was so dis- dissociated and, like, sired to her. And she really did have, like, this weird, like, unhealthy, like, uh, like, ability to just, like, just Jezebel out. And I would feel like I had to do what she said. And, um, but anyway, like, God bless her, though. I love her a lot, and I hope she's okay. And please pray for her. Um, you can just pray for her. It's like Hannah's old roommate. Cause yeah, like I care, I care a lot about her family. Um, but yeah, so in Sedona, I got sick and had to quit my job and I was about to lose my apartment and everything was falling apart. And, um, I like the, oh gosh, the, the man in the suit, he was friends with this boy that used to come to my work and the boy would talk to me about magic with a k and because like i grew up in that of course i would bs with him about it and like i found out they were friends and then i was like wow that's so crazy and then um basically he was like i can help you get healing for your lupus and i was like excellent i'm i'm very with that and they had this machine that um they maybe use when they trapped me for three months in a room at where they said they were going to care for me uh and you'd have to hold it and it was like, it literally would electrocute you because once you were holding onto it, you couldn't let go until they turned it off. Like your hands were stuck there. So like I was put through like this crazy machine and like they wouldn't feed me. They like, it got to a point where I was like, my feet were all effed up because like I was so dehydrated that my kidneys were screwed up. So my feet were swollen. So like I couldn't walk on my feet and they would cover my head with like this, this like, I don't know, like either a blanket or like a pillowcase. I don't know what it was when they would move me around so I couldn't see out. And at first I thought it was because, yeah, at first I thought it was them being nice to me because of my lupus, because like, honestly, I can't be in the Arizona sun. The, the, the UV index is way higher. Um, and like, it would literally make me so sick. Um, but no, they would cover my head even at night. So like, it was to not allow me to see where we were going. Mm -hmm. And, um, basically, uh, the boy who was in charge of me, he was put through programming too. And like, I used to have a lot of hatred towards him and his partner that they were working with. Um, but like one of them broke down and told me what happened and then like redissociated, couldn't remember that he told me. And like, and of course went back to being like in charge of me as that, you know, like the enemy. And that's, that's just something that like, this is as old as like world war two. Like, uh, this is why a lot of Nazi soldiers were like, I didn't want to hurt that man. I didn't want to, I didn't want to, I didn't want to be in a concentration camp, like concentration camp as a Nazi. Like I didn't want to do those things. It's because literally you get put under programming. Monsters make monsters. And this is why it's so important listener to, you know, have a relationship with Jesus because he's the only thing that will protect you. And I guarantee you this stuff is real and you don't want to wait around and find out. Yeah. Yeah. And people like, a common theme here is like we keep like your story consists of very real bad guys, like very real bad guys. And so I'm glad that you keep bringing back like the spiritual component of this is because they are led by Satan. Like it's this common thread of like, they're being led by this spirit. And because a lot of people are like, well, why would people do that? And you know, they don't understand like the intention or the reason. And it's because like, there is a very real enemy, a spiritual enemy behind Man this. Man has fallen. Yeah. Man has fallen. And she's, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but she's right, y'all. Like, there is, there's a spirit. And, like, the reason, like, you ask yourself, like, 
why would someone do that? Why would someone traffic a human? Why would someone uh, be this malicious? Because we are fallen. Yeah. Because Satan is jealous of God. And he's jealous that you are made in the image of God to such a degree that he's going to spend every second of his day trying to dismantle you and the fact that God loves you. Mm. And you have to fight back. You have to. Hannah, something else that's interesting, I, I think I heard you say it in the last interview you were on, is how when you grow up in a cult, it's easier to fall back into a cult when you get older. And so it's like you grew up with this spiritual abuse happening. And so it was easy later for that same pattern to sort of repeat itself um, and to to capture you again. Um, So I'm curious, what was the tipping point? Like, how did Jesus end up saving you? Because a lot of people, it's like they experienced this spiritual salvation, but like you needed a salvation beyond like a, like a, like a physical world, like salvation. Like you were literally slavery. Yeah. It was honestly, I can't explain to you like how amazing it was. Okay. So I was in this cult for like ever. And the mom, the mom of the man of the guy who was in charge of me was also in programming, but she, I would talk to her and she was finally starting to kind of get out. And she, like one day she asked me, she's like, is my son holding you captive? And I was like, actually, yes. And then like, literally, like, I'd been there for three months. And then literally God was like, well, bam, like, you're out of there. Like, basically, he went to go get cigarettes with his partner. And she showed up. And we moved on. We moved me and what we could of my stuff. And then I went and hid at her house for a while until I had to hide another place. But, um... I had been there for three months, and I wasn't even supposed to have the tablet that I had, but they were embezzling money through a a GoFundMe they set up for me because of my lupus, and they were embezzling all that money. I was getting none of it, seeing none of it. They were starving the hell out of me and, like, just putting me through stuff that, like, I can't can't verbalize. At first, I didn't think it was a... I went there thinking they were going to help me heal. They gave me this room. It didn't seem creepy, but then they locked me in there and then things went south, right? So, like, um, it had a sigil of Metatron, but but then, like, like literally of, like, crystals. It was just crazy, and it was just so scary. And basically, uh, that mom um, of that that guy who was holding me captive, she messaged me, and I, oh, when did, like, when did I full-on believe Jesus was God? Even before that, because, like, basically, she had messaged me one other time and was, like, you know, like, you should, you should give Jesus a try. So I was like praying and like in this new age cult, they have like everything, like all different kinds of books. And they were expecting me to read them because I was going to be resold to a man in New Zealand. That's where they were sending me. And like the programming is so bad. I remember being kind of excited about my new handler. Like I was like, oh my gosh, like New Zealand, that sounds great. So these two guys, they were going to send you to New Zealand, but one well, of the yeah, they worked for the man in the suit who found me at Starbucks, who would always get tea from me regularly and talk to me. And then I woke up one day, like in the cult, and he was there when I was like on this table, and they were doing rituals. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. No, yeah. yeah. So one of their moms was a Christian. Yeah, well, she found Christ. She was still coming out of the New Age though, because she was still like, like she still had a few like rocks for her own 
uh, star sign, etc. But she would she would encourage me to pray. She told me to pray to Jesus, and God used her. And you know, I I did. I tried it out. I and like I thought Jesus was an ascended master, but I remember like the second I realized Jesus was God, and it was because basically while I was chilling in that cult, um. I was doing a lot of witchcraft and they were doing a lot of witchcraft on me and having me perform witchcraft. And Jesus said, why are you hurting me? And I was like, what is that? <laughs> mm. Like literally it was like Paul the apostle and um, Jesus asked me why I was hurting him. And I realized Jesus is God. And I didn't even realize what I was repenting for yet, but I was repenting and I was just like, you're God. And I was like, please be my savior. Please be my God. And like, I remember there was like a woman in high school that like the mom of like a boy that I knew. And like, I found her on Facebook as soon as I was able to. And I was like, Miss June, Miss June, I believe in Jesus. Oh. I like was so excited and I had no one to tell. So I told someone's mom from high school. Um, <laughs> and yeah. And like, yeah, basically I believed in Jesus, like while I was in that cult, because she told me to, basically she told me like, well, just give Jesus a try. Wow. And like, and I was practicing magic. And then like, I had my heart open and Jesus was like, Boop, I'm in there and like pressed on my heart. And I was like, I'm convicted. And then like, and then I had faith though, that Jesus was going to save me. Cause obviously I was in a bad situation and that lady knew like that, you know, that guy's mom knew and she, that's why she came and got me. And um, we prayed and prayed and prayed. And I just remember like, like literally I was stuck there for so long. And then like, I believed on Jesus Christ. Yeah. I prayed to him and then I got out and like, literally no one knew I was there. I was going to die there. Y'all like, that's something that like, well, I didn't think I was going to die there. But, like I was either going to die there or like they were going to successfully ship me to New Zealand, New Zealand. They showed me my ticket and everything. Like, it was so scary. And did they abuse you too? Or was it like... Yeah, I don't... That that one's really... For some reason, it's easier for me to talk about my childhood trauma uh, than the one, with, like, in the last cult. But yeah, they, they abused me. And it was really, really scary because, um, like, they they wait till you're, like, blacked out and you're so sick that, like, you cannot fight back. Like, you do not have the ability in your physical body to fight back. Um, yeah. And uh, it's, it's really, it's really creepy. Like you literally can see the black, like in people's eyes, like you yeah. can see like the demons in their eyes. And um, when I was in Sedona, like we were, the, his partner who I thought was so much better than him like the guy who was mainly in charge of me because he would just mess with my head so much. But uh, his partner would read tarot. Basically, they were doing the the severity and mercy thing, like good cop, bad cop. Like, And so the guy in charge of me was the bad cop. And then good cop would like walk me through my practices and be like, okay, we're, we want you to read tarot now for this person. We want you to read tarot now for this person. There's an, uh, they, there was this guy who's super autistic they used, they took him and he's very autistic, like more autistic than me. And like, like, like he definitely needs, like, I don't know how to explain it, but like, it's not fair. He's a lot more nonverbal than me, communicates differently than me. 
and um i remember everybody like abusing him and they were trying basically they were trying to open a second cern or not it's not like a smaller cern like they're trying to access the ethernet in a different facet the kind of the same way cern is it's in a like a electromagnetic portal um in a human you, body yeah well yeah yeah and you pull demons out of it you pull is this, in like is this like sexually related Was- that's involved in just in that but a lot of it is literally just torturing you and okay the machine the machine that they put me in it has this massive diagram on the wall and it's like all these sacred geometrical symbols and um some people claim that this machine heals them because i i tried to find out about it but it didn't heal me it hurt me and they they knew what they were doing and, and he um, that too he was on that same machine yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they put me they put me in there for so long that like I and also like I don't know, I don't know how to explain it. Um while I was possessed, I had like crazy superhuman abilities to do mathematics that I can't do now. Like I can't like I could see numbers. I could I was so uncomfortable. I could see the gematria behind all things because they were possessing me to do that. Like Mm-hmm. I was working with very specific entities for very specific reasons and I was effective which is why they liked me mm-hmm. and um it was just crazy and like I said that lady saved me and then and then like I said I from from then on uh ended up nannying in very various different homes and some of them are really brutal some of them are really peaceful and like I worked for different just all these different people and um and then I ended up uh meeting my husband at a barbecue and I didn't think I'd ever see him again and I used to joke to the kids I was knitting I was like watch I'm gonna go take care of you know that guy and his dog instead of you guys I don't want to say that mean but I'd be like if you boys don't behave I'm gonna go hang out with you know, that guy, that guy and his dog instead, because like I was hanging out with him at the barbecue and the boys were like, why aren't you hanging out with us? Yeah. Oh, I love that. So, so, okay. So you literally, okay. So you got pulled out of, you know, you left your family, you end up in this, this other cult. Jesus saves you. You come to realize he's Lord. So you come out and then now you start nannying. And now, so you have a home to stay in because now you're nannying these kids and caring for these families. And like you told me earlier, praying for these families and God just started using you in this domain and, and in using you also providing for you, giving you a safe, a safe home. Like you'd never had that before. Um, And then as you're like nannying, now you meet your husband and now, now that leads up to where you are today. Yeah. (laughs) And like, that's why my content consists of like, Hey, you want to hear some crazy occultic stuff? Also, would you like a banana bread recipe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love it because I'm just as off the wall like that. It's like being a good wife, but also like came from the sex work world and the occult world and, you know, yeah. but also how to, which Bible to buy. And, you know, I yeah. totally understand. Something I want to point out 
is that y'all throughout all this, God used so many different people um, to help me and God will use pagan people and unsaved people before they even know him. Okay. Mm -hmm. And also God will use people who are reprobates, who, who have just hardened their heart to him. Right. God will still use those people for the good of his will, not because they love him, um, but because he loves you and God will use even the wicked things of this world, you know, to, to bring you closer to being like him, you know, and he will, he will confound what is, what is evil through what is evil. Even like he will literally like use all these little things that people make to try to hurt people like against your enemy. Right. So that's, that's something that you can rely on. I could still testify so many things to you that Jesus has done for me outside of just like, you know, literally saving my soul. Like, um, when I first got out of, uh, the cults, I still didn't, completely understand what was good and what wasn't Mm. and when i was staying with one of the families i insisted on practicing tarot i insisted on um still a lot of new age stuff and i i insisted on it being christian i would say no i'm a christian tarot reader right and um someone on instagram some very sweet soul made a point to you know inbox me they didn't do it publicly they inbox me and gently reproved me and told me, hey, mm-hmm. those things aren't of God. And I got so mad that I blocked them. Wow, yeah. Um, the same thing. When I came out, I was still trying to be a yoga teacher. So I was calling myself a Christian yoga teacher. <laughs> girl, I feel you, right? Oh, it's so like God will, he slowly will take it out of your hands, though. Mm-hmm. Um, Something that I wanted to point out from my testimony that, like, I was given to um, a man who works in military equipment. Like he builds, he does the, you know, like when you open up um, a computer, you see all the little green covered stuff and it looks like cities. Okay. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? It's just like uh, circuits. Yes. Okay. Um, I remember being very, very little. And the girl that I was programmed with, because we were like the yin-yang, which is the core of duality, like the yin-yang is Luciferian, like I was the dark, she was the light uh, in the situation, and we were programmed together um, as a pair, and uh, we we were taken to his factory a lot, and there's a lodge really, really close to that factory in Arizona, like to his his building. Okay. Um and uh i'm just saying like a lot this this is a lot more common than i wish people understood like i i feel like slowly you're going to see more people like me come out and i won't seem as such a rarity in this system of having escaped and speaking out i have faith that god will deliver more people like me um and for instance like my brother knows my brother knows and he like he hates me for being Christian. He hates me so much. And um I literally had to give up contact with my niece and nephew uh because I won't participate in I won't reaffirm their programming. Yeah. So I would they think I'm dead. Like like literally I had to die to my niece and nephew um in order to protect them. So y'all, this is a very serious thing. I don't play around um Magic is extremely dangerous. The new age is dangerous. 
anything anything in the world that seems kind of evil, it's because it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's stuff that's going to seem really, really pretty. And, like, you'll think, like, oh, e- e- evil is, um, you know, an objective. Like, good, good and evil is, like, uh, oh, it's... A subjective thing. Yeah, it's a subjective thing. Um, excuse yeah. me, yeah. Uh, and it's not. The world is not relative. Yeah. Um, and there's there's a definitive truth, and we are in a real story, one story, and it it actually does correspond with the Bible. And um, I just pray that all of you watching this would you know just take a second and realize that I'm not like some kid at your high school who's telling you that you're evil for wearing too much eyeliner. Yeah. No, I am. I am just a human soul that has been put through it. And, um, the only way I got out of it was through Christ Jesus. Like when I say put through it, I was put through a lot of bad things that, um, I don't want you to go through and I don't want you to put yourself through them because that's what this system of today teaches people to do it. It will teach you to hurt yourself. Yeah. And think that it's empowering and that it's good. Yeah. 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 Oh, and, uh, also. Like I said, just be extremely mindful about the people, like ladies who have jobs outside of the home. Like, be mindful about the people who talk to you, um, because more, more and more agents of Satan are out there. In the sense that, like, uh, I was trained specifically to appeal to veterans and soldiers and um, basically an elite, an elite mind that is also very militaristic, and um, I was very heavily stalked and like literally people at my grocery store could even attest to this by a man um who is a vietnam vet who even put me in his book and he he gave me a tablet and i used to use it and i it never occurred to me like they were watching me tracking you through the tablet yeah what did he say about you in his book really gross stuff like I don't know how to explain to you. Like, I I really refused the fact that I had DAD for so long because I didn't want it to be true because I knew my mom had it and she did crazy stuff to me. So I was like, I don't have that. F no, I'm I don't I'm not like that. And yeah. um and I wasn't like I never did what she did, but I was split. I was so split. Yeah. And um because of that, I didn't see issues with what I was trained for, which was to accept uh, a lot of attention from like yeah. counterculture era, like sixties, seventies, from like guys who who listened to like the Grateful Dead, but also like um, worked for NASA, like that kind of stuff. Like, okay. this is, yeah, the kind of auti- autistic rich hippies. I don't know how else to put it. Well, okay. Not even the same hippies, but um. So, so something saying- something I like I feel on this too is like you can't live this way without it literally ripping your soul and your identity in half. And that's something that I talk about in my testimony too is like I lived this double life for so long where finally when I came into Christ and he saved me, I finally had what I understood as integrity where I was the same person out in the light as I was in the dark and behind closed doors. And that was a big thing for me because I had been very promiscuous, scandalous, secretive, 
like exact, like I had this whole double life and finally, and it was kind of like a split personality where I'm this way, but then out in the light, I have straight A's. I'm a good girl. I dress like this, but in secret, I was this. Um, And so it was only in coming to Jesus that he did make me one whole person as well, where this, this tear in my soul and my identity no longer existed. Praise God, sister. I'm so glad because I, you know, I can tell you're whole and like you're, you've been made new and you feel it and you're walking in it. Cause, um, you know, I, I've, I've counseled a few, uh, baby Christians who, you know, are like literally still like still actively baby scripping basically. Like they just went into it, that kind of thing. And they're, they're, they're asking me like about Jesus and, um, they want out of it and, uh, but they're not sure how to leave. And, um, I always tell them that like, that's like, they just need to make the jump and God will catch them. And that, that is something that's so true. Y'all let me, let me put this to you this way. There were times like literally I lost everything I ever owned like twice, like more than twice. I'm just saying twice, you know, it's just to make it level, but like a lot, I lost so many things over and over again, had to start from scratch. Um, and when I moved here to where I'm living now, uh, I moved here to nanny for a family, a lupus family, um, with four lupus children. And the mom also had lupus and she like, it was so, it was so crazy moving here because I, I'm a very fragile person. I'm very sick. Um, like I've literally had to face death, like, like think I'm going to face death on such a level that that's also why I am so close with Christ is because, um, like there'll be a time when like no one else is going to understand what you are going through if you are physically dying. And like that, that almost happened to me at one of the nanny houses when I was like still in my homelessness kind of, um, because like I was still healing through Christ. Right. But like, I didn't feel, um, allowed to have food. I didn't feel like, I know that there's people starving out there. Like, I know that there's like other girls in the program that are still being starved like right now. And like, I used to let that keep me from eating. So I would be very, very frail in addition to having a lot of like organ issues. So I kept, I would almost die at people's houses. So I'd be like, really like in the, like the, the twilight place. And, um, Jesus, Jesus could have just let me die because I, you know, I, I could, I could have, and no, he chose, he chose to keep me alive. And there are t- like, when I moved here, I had nothing. I had nothing. I literally had my, like my purse and my jacket and the shoes on my feet and my Bible. And, um, I had never flown like by myself as like a non-dissociated person. I had never, um, flown that sick before. Um, and basically I got, I got here. I didn't have a pillow to lay my head on. Like, and God provided for me. God, like, literally everything, everything was gathered. Like, yes, it took time. Yes, it took effort. Like, yes, many people had to contribute. But slowly, God would be like, oh, you need a pillow? Here's a pillow. Oh, you need a mattress? Here's a mattress. That's like, oh, you're hungry? Here's food. Sorry. No, I love that. And I yeah. love how he does it through people as well. Like, like we are the hands and feet. And 
And I like how you said too, it's like, you just have to like take this leap of faith. And it was like that when I left the club, um, I was really afraid. I didn't know how I was going to provide for myself. I was in relationships with guys that were giving me money that was like paying most of my bills. But like, I knew I had to let this lifestyle go. And this was before I even fully accepted Jesus. But I was starting to like, you know, I was starting to realize things and he was starting to move in my heart. Literally, so I left the club. I had no idea how I was going to provide for myself. And I never thought I'd be somebody to file for unemployment. Like that was just mortifying to me. But it was right around the time that COVID happened. Um, And I was in a relationship with somebody at the time that told me they were like, just do it. Like that's what the government is doing this for. You know, they're giving out this money. And I ended up getting like enough money to pull me through the entire summer until I got a waitressing job that was able to start to like pay my bills. And so it's just crazy because like God showed up, like some people will be like, oh, it was the government. No, like God used that to take care of me and provide for me. So like, there's a way like you take that leap of faith, you sacrifice the thing that's not for you. And he has something so much better for you. And slowly but surely, he began to give me that. And now here I am. And you know, so much has happened since then. And yeah, I, I just, I totally understand what you mean by that. Gonna take a quick second here to tell you about Raised and Redeemed merch. I somehow end up in my bright pink Raised and Redeemed crew neck nearly every day because it's so comfy. And I love to tell the world that I have been raised and redeemed in Jesus's name. And wearing something that says that is a great conversation starter. Not only do we have crewnecks, but we also have t-shirts, hoodies, cropped hoodies, mugs, stickers, socks, and more. You can either follow the link titled Raised and Redeemed Merch in the comment section of wherever you're listening, click the link in any of my social media bios, or go to Raised and Redeemed, and that's spelled out, raisedandredeemed.creatorslashspring.com to order yours and support the show today. One of the houses I stayed, like one of the families I stayed with, they actually baptized me. Um, mm. And uh, the their little boy, like I sleep a lot. Like with lupus, I have fatigue disorder. So like your girl could sleep all day. Um, but like I was sleeping and um, their youngest knocked on my door and I was having a lot of end times dreams then. Um, it was like three years ago now. And I I dreamed that Jesus was knocking on the door and I was like, that's crazy. Like in my dream, I'm like, Jesus is knocking on the door. And I'm like, I'm going to go get it. Like in my dream, I got up to go get it. Right. But I woke up and I was getting the door and like, I was like, am I, am I sleepwalking? What is happening? And then I opened the door and it's their youngest son. And he's got like this framed Lord's prayer on it. He's like, do you want this? Do you want this? I literally have the chills. I have another question too. What was reading scripture for the first time like after like growing up reading the Kabbalah and, you know, everything else that you were reading? What was that experience like? It was crazy. I was like, I'm astounded at his his word, his truth. (laughs) I'm astounded because when I... Real, oh, when I realized that my family, that I wasn't like a Jew in like 
I wasn't a normal Jew. I was I was the bad Jew. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the kind of Jew that uh, the Torah speaks of because yeah. those were the Jews. They followed the Torah, you know. But my family, they followed the Kabbalah and the Talmud and, you know, oral law, the Mishnah. And, um, and that's what led to their wickedness. And it was so jarring to me to read to read uh the old testament and realize like this is judaism this this, this is judaism mm. and i was like it's beautiful and then i read you know and of course i read the new testament but yeah i just want to say like god will use every bad thing that has happened to you um he will redeem it and it will be painful but you will be able to love others in a in such an effective way yeah. that you will see why it was worth it yeah, why it all had to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, Hannah, thank you so much for just being so vulnerable with us and and sharing all of that. I know like you said, your story right now is very rare. Not many people are coming out sharing stuff like this yet, but you believe that they will be. And so I'm glad that you can be a voice for this now so that when they do start to break free that that there's somebody out there that they can they can hear from and know that that Jesus can save them too. So would you mind just as like the last thing um praying for all of those listeners um people who maybe were in the occult or trafficked or just the other things that you went through um yeah. All right. Um Father in heaven, we pray for the, for the name of your son Jesus, Lord that you would press on the hearts and call all those who are lost to you, Lord. We pray for all those who have been through sexual abuse, Lord, whether it be current in your life or it was in your childhood. Lord, we pray that you would reach these people and you would bless them and comfort them and bring them closer to you so that you can heal them. You can heal what seems unhealable. Dear Jesus, we pray that you would you would just soften the hearts of all those who feel like they have been betrayed by you or by Christianity, Lord. We pray that you would help them receive your true spirit from a true believer, Lord, that truly can exude your love and shine your light on them, Lord. We pray that you would just take all the scales off of the eyes of those who are listening, Lord, and that you would protect them and help them go out today and know that they have a greater purpose as your child to love others. And that they can do that through you, Lord. We pray that you would reach them. In Jesus' mighty name, Lord, please bless Sister Michaela and her family and all those who are listening. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. That's all I have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this show, I'd love to have you leave a review, share it with a friend, and even connect with me on other platforms. It's at Michaela Nikolenko on Instagram and TikTok. And we also have an at Raised and Redeemed Instagram account too. I look forward to connecting with you there. Until next time, stay well and God bless you.